Hi everybody, it's Veronica Best and I'm back with Who Told You, episode two. And this is an infusion into the intricate inner workings of your thought life with inspiration one episode at a time. Our thoughts are the basis of each decision ultimately paving our life. This is the Thought X-Ray Hourly Show that begs the question, who told you? And I'm so excited because our guest today is the bomb.com backslash diggity down low, amazing <laughs> dash underscore great. Okay. She is a licensed professional counselor, LCP, an accomplished therapist. She works in the school system. She's also a pastor of a church and she's been pastoring for 16 years, married for 16 years. So that's an interesting story we'll have yes, to hear about. Yes, yes. Um, and she's got two boys. They're so cute. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> she works with youth and children. She's currently working on building a prophetic ministry, which is an organization that helps um, people heal internally and let go and be free of their pain. So tell us a little bit about yourself, Angeli Pino, Hello. my friend. Hello. Thank you, Veronica, for inviting me here to your podcast. Um, Yeah, well, I think you pretty much said it all um, of what I've done. Obviously, there's a lot more to it. But um, yeah, I I currently work in the school systems here um, up north, and it's exciting to be able to work with children. Um, I think it's... um, it's, it's a good, it's a good field to work in and it's been very, um, beneficial for me. Um, and it's good to see that, um, I'm making a difference hopefully in the lives of these children that I have. So that's awesome. Mm -hmm. honey. I love you. (laughs) Well, we, um, like to get started with the conversation starter. So our question is, Mm -hmm. what's the most embarrassing thing you've ever worn to date? <laughs> well, in 1995, I went to homecoming mm-hmm. with a boy. <laughs> yeah, we won't go there. Um, but I wore a black tight crop top. Okay. And I was looking at my pictures because my son just recently went to his first homecoming. Mm-hmm. And I went into the box, you know, that dusty box, and pulled out the picture from 1995. And, and you were like, oh, Lord. I was just like, what did I do? But, but I'm sure that was cute. That was in style well, in the 90s, yeah, wasn't it? But I was the only one that wore it. and But it's doing a comeback. It is? So, yeah. Aww. But, yeah, that was kind of embarrassing. Aww. (laughs) Well, I remember one time we went to a wedding. This is like probably early 2000s. And I didn't have a lot of super formal dresses. Mm -hmm. So it's funny that your your choice was a formal thing and so was mine. But like Mm -hmm. we were going to this wedding and actually I just saw this friend at my um, sister's surprise 40th birthday on October 18th. But so it was her wedding, right? Uh I didn't have anything to wear. So I had the bright idea right and i have a lot and you would yeah. i have a lot of these stories yeah. Yeah. i was like wait i can just wear a bridesmaid's dress from another wedding that i was a bridesmaid <laughs> you gotta for. Reuse those. <laughs> so so i get to the wedding and this is cody my friend cody's wedding and her older sisters uri her uri is friends you know we're all friends and they're sisters and then we're sisters okay so so uri's husband papo he's like what are you going to prom? Like, cause what I was wearing? <laughs> and actually, it was a tube top too. Oh, really? It's like it was from David's Bridal, uh-huh. and it was like one of those um, sh- not chiffon. It's like this material that's like iridescent kind uh, of. Uh-huh. Okay, it was cute, but it was like super formal. Like it was obviously out of pocket, right? With with 
what someone should wear as a guest. Right. You know? And it just didn't look like something you would buy at a department store. And he's like, whoa, are you you going to prom or what? And I was so embarrassed because the whole way over there, I thought I looked so fly. I had like this bleached, it wasn't bleached, but it was like really blonde, short little wannabe Holly Berry cut. And I was like, I look so good up in here. (laughs) And then like he said in front of everybody, because you know how Spanish people are. They don't care. They're not trying to impress nobody. And so he said in front of everybody, I was like, (gasps) and he probably doesn't even know. Like to this day, like I I hit it really well. And I was like, yeah, (laughs) you know me. (laughs) Yeah. Then there was this other time. Uh Oh, so I was at um, a women's retreat, right? They told me it was at a campsite, but I wasn't thinking clearly. So I showed up to this retreat because I was the guest speaker. I showed up to this retreat, heels, um, slacks, like dress slacks. Right, right, right. Freaking bun in the hair. <laughs> like, I was, little makeup. <laughs> I, I was walking with heels, Through digging, rocks. <laughs> digging, digging into the ground. And they're like all in their little, you know, Jumps. Jeez, yeah, yeah. With their they're matching like, shirts that say camp, whatever. Yeah, they're like, we told you it was a camp, like a uh-huh. camping location or whatever you call those places. And I felt so dumb. I had to like borrow somebody's flip flops because oh I just couldn't. I couldn't yeah. do it anymore, and I looked so fancy. And so yeah. And then there was last time I promise. You had issues. <laughs> it was at the conference at your women's conference last year. Yes. Do you not remember what I was wearing? I look like I was there to pick up the trash. <laughs> no, remember? I don't, I don't remember. It, okay, so I got it at Target. It's like a jumpsuit. I was cute though. Do you remember? <laughs> Something. Yeah. Your outfit was so cute. Thanks, she had like this. You remember? Soft. Yes. It was like a soft pink uh-huh. blazer and these pinstripe pants. No, there were uh, they leopard. Oh, leopard pants with a little silky white top. Yes. It was so cute. And then her accessories were on point. But like, I went to Target and got this jumpsuit. It looked like what the prisoners wear. You know the jumpsuit that prisoners wear. Why it looked like. Okay, but it was like that jumpsuit, <laughs> but it wasn't orange. It was tan. Remember? And then, oh, yeah, yeah, and then yeah. when There's it was a my story turn, behind it or something like that. No, there was no, no story. I just seriously went. <laughs> I just seriously went to Target thinking it was cute. And it was not cute. Well, I <laughs> not even a little. I don't even remember, so I don't even feel bad. No. But anyway, so we all have our embarrassing moments. We yes, but we do. Now we're going to share just a quick product that we like. Um, and the product that I want to share, I'm actually wearing these bad boys right here. Because, mm. you know, I don't like to spend a lot of money when it comes to fashion, obviously, or jewelry. You lose one. <laughs> well, I, I just, I'm like, dude, I can spend money on something else. I'm not going to go spend $50 on you know, whatever. Right. But these are from Walmart. Once again, mm-hmm. I promise you guys, I'm not trying to be like a, a sponsor or whatever you call those people, like get, right, spon- right, right. get sponsored by Walmart, but they don't rust. They don't change colors. This, this pair of earrings right here cost me $2. Wow. Yeah. And they're like a little, you can't tell, but they're like a little rose gold. Mm-hmm. I keep looking there. at the wrong spot. I need to look there, but they're like a little rose gold or whatever, but super cute. So what's a product that you really like, Angie? Um, wow. I like my, um, I'm doing a skincare product. Okay. It's from a company, um, that we're associated with and it's called for life. Uh Um, but they came out with a whole new product that's from Korea. Okay. 
You know, Korean's got it going on right now. <laughs> yeah. That's actually where we buy our coolers. Oh, really? The coolers that we sell okay. for our business are so from Korea. So I've been using it for quite a while, and it's like all these different steps, but it's great. It feels good. It's great. My children want to use it, but I'm like, hey, you can't use Is it. Is it like a yeah. cleanser? Yeah, it's like a cleanser, and then it has like an eye thing, and then it has like a spray, and really? there's like masks and creams, and yeah, it's just, it's awesome. I've been using it for quite a while, and you know. Is I it like for it. acne control? Because I'm, I'm 35, but I still get serious chin acne acne mm. like I always have a pimple somewhere and I even name them because oh, yeah because they stick around I'm like oh, <laughs> they're family. Okay, okay Jimmy like why do you have to still be on my face they're family, and I'm 35 yeah well I suffered with acne too but I got it because of pregnancy I think really like, yeah I suffered I had a lot of scarring and how to use a lot of stuff for the scarring and stuff like that but this one's like collagen it's kind of like you know that wrinkle help you not be wrinkly you yeah. know once you get up in that age and your face is not doing what it's supposed to be doing and so but yeah i use it it's great i mean i use a lot of products trying to keep myself young oh my gosh well my breakout is from eating like a box of mini reese's you know little mini reese's cups i've eating those things girl but anyway moving right along you guys um we love to share our products we love to share you know like pieces of who we are. Yes. But in today's podcast, the topic is who told you not to forgive? So, Angeli, um, yes. you know, this month I'm focusing on one of my favorite books, um, and that is Switch On Your Brain. Yeah, love her. Yeah, Dr. Caroline Leaf, you guys. And I'm love sorry her, if it her. got really loud just now because I got so close to the mic. But her book, Switch On Your Brain, The Key to Peak happiness, thinking, and health. So the reason why I love this book so much and the reason why I'm choosing it as the November book mm -hmm. is because she explains how your thoughts, the way you think, and how you, I like to call it like police. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's a term, but hey, whatever. Like the way you police your thoughts mm -hmm. can actually change your genetic coding. Mm -hmm. It can change your DNA composition. composition. It can change the way your brain operates and I shouldn't say can it does it does do mm -hmm. all those things and so she is a scientist yes. a neuroscientist and she breaks down all of the science in this book yes but this quote is just kind of our starter for, mm -hmm. for our topic she says forgiveness disentangles you from the people that hurt you so that they can't hurt you anymore right unforgiveness keeps you entangled so they mm -hmm. can still hurt you Correct. So how does that how does that apply to where you've been and what you've seen maybe in your patients and in your practice? Well, I read her book a couple of years ago and uh, saw her DVDs because I was interested. Um, obviously, I was in a uh, student. I was still a student in school and um, I'm interested in how the mind works. Um, and obviously, we know that um, there's so our mind is limitless. And there's so much to learn and there's so much that we're able to do. Um, but one of the things that I think uh, that that stops us is unforgiveness. And um, she actually said, and it's one of the things sometimes that I use in my retreat, when I do retreats or when I preach, um, especially on the mind, is that she says that they're, when we have negative thoughts, they're like black trees because thoughts occupy space in your mind. Wow. So they actually occupy. So it's not just like thin air. There's uh, they're tangible. It's matter. Yeah, it's matter. Oh. So she says, um, you know, when you have negative thoughts, it's like black trees, and when you have positive thoughts, they they you could see them and they're like green trees, um, and it's biblical in a sense. Um, but 
you know, uh, any kind of unforgiveness is going to hurt us in all different levels, whether it's spiritually, emotionally, and physically. And you know what's so crazy about that is when our emotions are sick, mm-hmm. you know, if you're if you're feeling unforgiveness or whatever, you don't think of it as matter or something that can be measured. Right. You think of it as this is normal. This is natural. It's invisible. You know, mm-hmm. I can't, it's not tangible. I can't touch it. But you're saying that it's like a black tree. Is that like the neurons or uh-huh. the way she said it's a, it's a fire? Yes. And, um, she was saying how she had a patient that was sick and had like a, a mental, uh, a brain injury and um, that it was so important for people to speak life, you know, to speak positive, to speak positive so that this person could receive a full recovery. And um, it's kind of what the Bible says, right? That yeah. our words have power. We have um, the power to bring death or to bring life. Yeah. And um but definitely on, on the on the topic of unforgiveness, you know, unforgiveness is um, is a decision that we make. Mm-hmm. We have to come to that point that we want to forgive the person who offended us or who hurt us or who abused us. Right. And it's not emotional. Yep. It's not emotional. We have to um, make a decision to forgive. And um, I remember, you know, when I was going through my journey, um, I kind of received Jesus Christ when I was around 19. I had received him earlier, but had gone through, you know, that teenage period where... Um, you little rebel. Yeah. You little gangster. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, but when I was 19 and um, doing things that I shouldn't have been doing, um, just felt that there was a need for God and really wanting to... Um, I just said, God, if you're real... I need your help right now. Yeah. You know, it was kind of one of those quick prayers, but he answered um, just as quick. And um, I understood that there was a lot of unforgiveness in my life. Mm. And that unforgiveness was more hurtful to me than to my perpetrator because he didn't even know. Mm -hmm. You know, they didn't know. I knew and I kept it for so many years and it was actually hurting me. And it was um, a lot of the decisions that I made, I made them through unforgiveness. Wow. Well, there's a book called The Bait of Satan by John Bevere. That's a good one. Yeah. And I'm actually going to study that or focus on that book for the month of December in the podcast. But um, I mentioned in the first episode that he draws a metaphor mm-hmm. to the Civil War era. Mm-hmm. When there was a prisoner of war, they would make the prisoner carry a dead corpse. Right. And that's where the term dead weight comes from. Yeah. Um, because the corpse would rot. Mm-hmm. And so that rotting corpse, the infection would go to the living prisoner of war and they would eventually get sick and die. And that's how he relates uh, unforgiveness. Right. It's like it's you're, carrying a, you're carrying dead weight. Like, like you said, it's hurting me right. more than the person that hurt me. It's unnecessary. Yeah. And I'm so slowly, necessary. slowly dying. Right. You know? Because out of that is, you know, bitterness and resentment and rejection. Illness. Yeah, illness, physical illness and addictions, yeah. you know. And, and the thing is that usually our, our perpetrator, the person who hurt us, is not around anymore really in our lives sometimes. But yet our hurt just overflows into the people that we love in our lives. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. we start hurting people as well. And not only are we the victim, but then we become the perpetrator as well. Yeah. You know, we start hurting other people out of our own hurt. So um, there was just a lot of things in my life that I had to say, okay, I, I need to forgive. Mm-hmm. And, and 
And sometimes it was hard, you know, to come to that place where I'm like, well, I, I forgive this person because sometimes we want to feel justified in our sins and justified in, in the way we, we are thinking or the way we're reacting. And, and we use that hurt and pain to like feed off. Of to that, defend ourselves. To defend ourselves and say, well, I have to. It's a, a means of protecting. Right. Protecting us. It's a means of protecting. I remember when I was in middle school, those are probably the roughest years of my life um, in terms of like emotional instability. I'm sure for a lot of people, but um, I was a cutter and I would break like a glass, like a drinking Mm -hmm. glass, and I would keep the pieces underneath my mattress Mm -hmm. so nobody would know. But then I would cut the inside of my leg again so that nobody would know. Right. And I was feeling so much emotional pain and unforgiveness mm-hmm. and bitterness and, and all of that, that cutting myself was a means of controlling the pain. Okay. You know, when you feel so much internal anguish, right. you, you can't control it. It's right. just there. And people self-medicate. Mm-hmm. Like addiction. Drugs, you know, alcohol, alcohol, you yeah. know, sex addictions, whatever, anything to get your mind to stop thinking and to get your heart, your soul to stop feeling right because it suits you. It suits you. It does, and and also to have a sense of control. Mm-hmm. Like I remember when I would cut myself, it would be like, uh, it's, so, it's so crazy, but I would just be like, you know, I can control this. I decide mm. how deep. I decide how long. I decide where. You know, I'm in control, and I think that's what um, happens a lot too with unforgiveness. Somebody hurts you, does you wrong. Somebody abuses you, right? And you're just like. I, there's no way I'm going to let this person get away with it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like they owe me. Right. right. Mm-hmm. And that's what unforgiveness is. You know, when you don't forgive, you're still telling them or you're telling yourself, they still owe me. Like we still have something to settle here. You we, know? Got we got beef. And I'm not talking about the spaghetti beef. <laughs> yeah. So we still have issues. And then when you come to the place where you make a decision to forgive them, then you have to know that they no longer owe you, that they're not in debt to you. And there's a story in the book of Matthew 18 where Peter asked Jesus, you know, how many times do I have to forgive the brother who hurts me? And seven times, is that enough? You know, and Jesus says, no, you know, 70 times seven. Um, and in that story, it talks about a king, which uh, is a representation of God, but uh, this king was wanting to come um, for all of his slaves to um, pay him what was owed to him. And a slave came that owed 10,000 um, talents at that time, which they say in research would be 147, 500,000 days of work without stopping. That's mm. how much he owed. And he said to the king, you know what? I have I have nothing to pay you with. I can't pay you. Mm. And the king was going to take away his wife, his children. They were going to all be, you know, thrown in prison. And... Um, this guy got down on his knees and he's like, forgive me. You know, I, I can't pay you this. Yep, and the king had compassion for him and forgave him his debts. But then this guy goes out and he finds someone who owes him money. And it was only worth, it was only three months worth mm. of, of work, which is nothing in comparison to the 147,500, you know, uh, days of work. And he grabbed him and said, Hey, you owe me. Mm. And this other guy's like, hey, forgive me. You know what? I can't pay you. Mm-hmm. Kind of the same story that he went through mm-hmm. just a couple of minutes before, mm. which in which he was forgiven. That's crazy. And he got him thrown in prison and said, hey, you can't pay me. Well, you're going to jail. 
Um, and then obviously the story is the king finds out and he's upset, you know, and, and the moral of the story is that we also need forgiveness. Mm -hmm. You know, we may be a victim, but we're also a perpetrator. We also have sins or we also have um, things that we have done to other people. I know that I have. I'm pretty mm -hmm. sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you have. It's a novella. Yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> a soap opera. Yeah. And, and the thing is, it's, it's so funny how we want people to forgive us. And we want to be forgiven when we hurt someone, but how much more difficult is that when, you know, when we need to forgive others, Yeah, you know, yep, so yep. it's, it's, it's a full circle and, and that come and that we have to know, you know, one of the things is that we're never taught forgiveness. At least I wasn't in my childhood taught about forgiving. It was kind of like, well, you got hurt, you got offended, you got rejected, deal with it, you know, like get over it. Yeah. Like get over it. Say you're sorry. You know, yeah. it's kind of what we tell our kids, say, you're sorry. And we force our kids to say sorry, but we never grab our kids and say, hey, you know what? Forgiveness is this. And you need to learn how to forgive because we're going to have to be forgiving for the rest of our lives. And we need to learn how to walk in forgiveness. And since we're not taught, what do we do with those emotions? What do we do with that pain? What do we do with the abuse? We stuff it. Mm. We stuff it. It doesn't go anywhere. You know, when you have unforgiveness, when you have pain, when you have things that you have not dealt with, Resentment. they don't go anywhere. Mm. They travel with you as, you know, wherever you go and they continue to do their work in your life in a negative way. Um, and that's the reason why we have a lot of issues today. It's because of unforgiveness. So we have to teach our children about forgiveness. Mm. Well, when I went to, I was 30 years old when I had like a really like self-awareness type mm. come to Jesus. Yeah. Year. Yeah. And I remember I had a dream that I was holding a baby and this one guy came up to me and I started fussing at him. Mm. You did this and you did this and you did this and you did this. And all of a sudden in the dream, he vanished and it was another guy. You did mm. this. And then it was a woman. You did this. And then it was a, but it was like the, all these different people coming to me. I'm holding a baby and right. every single time I'm accusing them for the same offense. Okay. And then when I woke up, it was like, God was just putting on my, on my, on my heart. He's like, you're, you're, you're bitter right now. Yeah. Uh, because of what's going on, I had a really bad falling out uh, at the church that I was, um, I was on staff at a church. It was mm. a really bad falling out. Right. And um, it was right around that time. And, and, and it was like God was telling me in the dream, it doesn't matter who comes to you, who you work with, secular job, uh, ministerial job, family relationships. Right. It doesn't, you're going to have the same offense. You're going to have the same issue with everybody because you have not forgiven. Right. You know, it's like that, that one trauma that you go through, it sets the stage. <laughs> yeah. It's like you're working at your job over here in an office has nothing they to do. do with your mom that abandoned you as a little girl or whatever the case might be. Right. Whoever it is. Cause I've heard people, I recently talked to a woman um, and she said that one of her family members really mistreated her mother. Mm -hmm. growing up and she was like I, I won't forgive her mm -hmm. you know um, I remember my grandmother you know because I was sexually abused by my grandfather growing up and she had gotten a divorce from him or whatever and she said you know there was a time where she was like I will never forgive what he did to you you know mm -hmm. what I mean mm -hmm. but then you know long story short he ended up getting cancer um, really bad colon cancer and she ended up being his caregiver and during that time, like she <laughs> waited on him. Like, wow. Yeah. And during that time, God, God just healed that. And right. I was like, man, that's so awesome. And she was able to forgive. But, um, but yeah, it's just like that one trauma or, or whatever it is that's, mm -hmm. that's holding you and keeping you angry. And I think the, the way that, you know, if you have unforgiveness is if when you think about that person mm -hmm. or they're around you, you feel pain. Yeah. 
or you want to distance yourselves, you know, from them, or you hate their happiness, you know, <laughs> or just different, you know, you, or you know, feel uncomfortable. Or you, you start to sweat. Your yeah. blood, your your heart rate goes up. Um, right. You know, p- be in tune. You know, mm-hmm. pay attention. It, it's really honest. Yeah. Honesty with yourself. Right. And you had stated before we started recording, it's um, you know you you know when you want to deal with forgiveness, you kind of confront the person and say, Hey, you know, what's going on. And I think that's very mature when you're able to have that boldness and say, Hey, you know, you offended me, you hurt me, what you said hurt me. And I think that's mature. And I think that's the way it should be where we not have a confrontation or argue about anything, but just say, Hey, you know what you said to me? And even in marriages, mm-hmm. we have to get to the point where our conversations with our, spa- our spouse our is gut very, level yeah, just, you know, let's be honest with each other. And this forgiveness, um, for me and my walk, um, the last couple of years, since actually since I got married, because my husband would um, push my buttons, you know, <laughs> um, you learn that um, that if you don't deal with forgiveness, other people are going to be hurt by it. People that you love, especially in, in marriages, um, relationships. So, the first year I was married, I knew that my my husband was not the issue. I had father issues, wow. you know, and I was blaming. I was projecting them onto my yeah. my husband. It's like an overflow yeah. of what's on the and inside. And I was mad at him. I wasn't really mad at him. I was really mad at my father. Dang. But he wasn't around. So <laughs> my yeah. husband uh, got to deal with a lot of my mess the first year. But it's in those quiet times when I was angry, upset, frustrated. When I was like, what is what is going on with me? You know, why am I feeling this way? Why am I reacting this way? This is petty. It was when the Lord really started working with my heart and saying, your husband is not the problem it's it's unforgiveness that's the problem and you need to yeah. you need to deal with that and if we don't deal with unforgiveness we will sow that unforgiveness into the lives of our children mm. you know and one of one of the things that really hit me was um, when I was younger around seven my father was uh, he was a military man he was very scary very abusive you know verbally and physically and and he would always say to us, clean up, pick up all your toys. And if you don't pick them up, I'm throwing them in the trash. And at seven years old, you know, your toys are very important. All my Barbie dolls were important, you know, (laughs) and I would hurry up and I had this fear, this panic. And I, and I had like, I had made some vows, I guess. And I had made, you know, there was some unforgiveness that was, that was deep. Wow. And, um, when I had my first son, he, uh, when he was around three or four, I would, um, I would say to him, Elijah, hurry up and pick up all your toys. Cause if you don't pick up your toys, I'm going to throw them in the trash. Wow. And that clicked. I was like, okay, something's going on here, you know? And, and I had to forgive my father for that Yeah. years, you know, years before, but that was unforgiveness in a seven year old heart. And that's why I said, you know, it's so important for us to teach our children about forgiveness, what that means and how to express it and how to say, Hey, you know what, mom, what you said to me yesterday really hurt me. And, mm. and I've had, to, you know, I've had to come to the point where I had to tell my kids, forgive me. What yeah. I said, I shouldn't have said that. Forgive wow. me. Or how I reacted. I shouldn't. I was frustrated mm-hmm. and I took it out on you, whatever the case may be. But it's important for our kids to hear those words. Those words. Forgive me. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, that's important in, in all our relationships. But. Well, it's like that verse in John uh, James 1. It says, mm-hmm. the prayers of a righteous man 
availeth much. But the verse before says, confess one to another right, and be healed. Yeah. So that to me says that when you confess or you confront somebody and you're like, look, you hurt me. Or when you said this, you did this to me on the inside, I felt this. And that's actually a, a therapy thing. Yeah. You know, the, the wheel of feelings. When you said this, you made me feel this. Right. Um, but to bring it to light and to be mature and to be bold about it in love, mm-hmm. it does bring healing. It does. And and also it's like uh, where it says the prayers of the righteous avail as much. Right after it's like your prayers are going to work. Right. And you don't give the enemy that, that foothold. Right. Because you automatically shut the door and you deal with it. Mm-hmm. You don't let that linger. You don't let the days go by. You don't let it take root. You don't let it, you don't let it bear fruit. You get it right where it is. And I think it's important in marriages if you're married, because mm-hmm. even with my husband, sometimes I'm like, you know, the, the Bible says that if you come before the Lord and you bring your offering and you're at the altar and you remember that your brother offended you, right. hurt you, Stop. leave your offering yeah. and go make peace with your brother. And that's important because it's not that you had unforgiveness. It's your brother had something against you and that's deal right. with that relationship. And sometimes I tell my husband, you know, I forgive you, you know, even though I think it's his fault. <laughs> <laughs> But I want to have peace with you. I want to make sure that everything that I do is out of a good heart. And honey, I forgive you. Um, Let's make it work or whatever. Sometimes I tell my husband, you need to ask me for forgiveness. (laughs) Just point out. You need to say you're sorry to your wife. Yes, if you want any nookie nookie tonight, <laughs> yeah. I'm just kidding. Yeah, but yeah, definitely. So I think forgiveness shouldn't be something that's all, you know, like scary or hidden or yeah. I think forgiveness needs to be, you know, it has to be a topic in all relationships. Yeah, that's you know? really good. Well, guys, we're going to go quickly to our commercial break. So we will see you on the flippity flip. Yes. Love what you're hearing? You can hear more by subscribing today and sharing is caring. Also, if you're interested in other topics, please feel free to drop a comment below and you can follow our lovely guest, Anjali Pino on Instagram. That's E-N-J-O-L-I-P-I-N-O. Again, that's E-N-J-O-L-I-P-I-N-O. And the link is in the episode notes. Veronica here. We are back to talk about... Forgiveness. Yes. And I'm here with Angelie. And so we were talking about how when you confront somebody, Mm -hmm. what about if you can't? If it's just someone that passed away or if it's somebody that lives on the other side of the world or if that pain is so intense mm-hmm. that you just, you're like, dude, I, I cannot talk to him or no, right, I, could right. not, I cannot call him on the phone. Like yeah. I'm not in a yeah, space. Yeah, I'm not going there. Yeah. But the good thing about forgiveness is that um, it's it's a work that's, that's done between you and God, you know, so it isn't necessarily that you have to confront your perpetrator. And and for many cases, that's, that's not even an option. Um, I know that in my case, um, with my father, even though he's in another state and I was able to contact him, 
I didn't feel, I didn't have like the courage to contact him and say, Hey, you know what, you know, I forgive you for all this that you did. And I just felt like, you know what, that is so long ago. I don't even want to bring it up right now, but I still needed to do that work in my heart mm. because it was for me. That's so, good. so, but I understood one thing that was really powerful because forgiveness is not a word. Like I said, it's not an emotion. It's a decision that we make, but there's power attached to it. You know, there's freedom attached to it. There's healing attached to it. And when I started working through that journey of forgiving my father, I realized that he was also set free. Yeah. It made our relationship a whole lot better once I made the decision to forgive him. Mm -hmm. He never knew that he hurt me. He thought he was doing his best the job. Be and they yeah, do. You know, and they do, you know? They really do. do. Parents think no, matter, just... <laughs> no matter how bad our parents hurt us, if, even if you had the greatest parents, the worst parents, it doesn't matter. They're doing their best. Right. And, they think and they're they doing sometimes. what they know to right, do. That's right. what they were conditioned to right. do. Yeah. So, but I did get an opportunity years later to say, you know what, dad, you, you did hurt me because I have an older brother that has issues as well with him. So we came upon that conversation. I said, you know what? He's, he's an unforgiveness. He's, he hasn't forgiven you. And that's mm -hmm. the reason why you're, you don't have a relationship with him. But the reason why you have a relationship with me is because I came to the point where I forgave you mm -hmm. and I dealt with that and I forgive you and I love you and I want to have a relationship with you. And that's what forgiveness does. You know, sometimes it does restore a relationship that would otherwise not be restored if there wasn't forgiveness there. Yeah. Um, and obviously there's going to be relationships that especially if a person has passed away or whatever the case may be that you you can't have that relationship again, but at least you have forgiveness in your heart and you can move forward. So, um, and I think also like forgiveness is not based on the perpetrator's credit. Like you could never say when he does this, then I'll forgive him. Right. When she says this to me, when I see this in her, you know, it's like those videos. I don't know if you've seen those videos on Facebook where like there'll be a, a mother of a, a son that was killed mm -hmm. and you'll see them in court mm -hmm. and, and she'll go, or like the dad will go to the murder of their right. son of their child and say, I forgive you. Like that person is 1 million times at fault. <laughs> I yeah. mean, there, there's no ups ins. They are at fault for what they did. Right. They will always be at fault for what they did. But the fact that the parent was like, you know what? I'm setting you free. I right. Mean, Walk me through, like, you know, how do, how would you treat a patient that you know the root of this issue, mm -hmm. health issues, mental issues, emotional, behavioral issues. When you detect in a, in a patient, you're like, okay, this is a forgiveness issue. Yeah. Like, walk me through how would you get, the, get that, that child or that youth to that point, like the mother or the daughter... I mean the father and right in the courtroom that lost their kid. Like, yeah, that's, that's, it's how do you get somebody to that point? Well, um, like I said before, you know, forgiveness is a decision and no one is going to be forced into forgiving. Right. Um, we could only educate, um, our clients or our patients and say, okay, you know what, let's, let's talk about forgiveness and what, is, what does this look like? And, and why is this important? And I think it's just letting the clients know the benefits of how it's going to benefit them, mm -hmm. you know, how they're going to be able to live their life after they forgive. And that's what we need to, um, it's like painting the picture. Yeah. And like, giving them the whole entire story and giving them a vision. Like if you do this, this right. is, this is how it's going to look for you. Yeah. And also letting them understand that we're always at fault. You know, we offend people. We hurt people as well. We're not perfect. And, um, just letting them understand that, um, it's not just the, the person who hurt you 
that is at fault. It's also it's also your fault because you continue this attitude. You continue this wow. belief. You know, you that's, continue that's a to word walk right there. Down. Because we hurt ourselves when we walk yeah. in unforgiveness. We're the one that's emotionally captive. We're prisoners of our own emotions. We become physically ill in a lot of cases. There's cases where arthritis. Um, they say the root of women arthritis usually goes to their mother issues with their mother. Really, mm-hmm. osteoporosis. That's super yeah, interesting. Um, breast cancer. Um, any kind of uh, feminine organ um, that has cancer is usually, they usually say there's a root with mother issues. Really? Yeah. So, you know, there's a lot of things where physically there's cancers that are even. And, and I mean, I'm trying to play the devil's advocate right, right. here. But when I hear that, uh-huh. it sounds like mystic. Right. It sounds like, okay, like almost like borderline superstitious. Like right. it's super interesting to me. And I'm not saying that I don't believe it. Right. Like this is new to me. Right. Hearing that. Mm-hmm. But how do you know that? Like, how do you know that female organ illnesses mm-hmm. are, you know, a root, have a root in unforgiveness towards your mother? Um, well, there's this, this book that I have, um, because I deal with people I like, you know, that are, I'm uh, writing this down. Cause I love to, I'll have to tell you the name of the book cause I don't have it with me. Okay. Well, I'll, put it, I'll put it in the notes yeah, for everybody. It's, it's a book and it's I'm called writing. healing, but it tells you like, if you have this symptom, this is the root issue. And then um, they just break it down and, and they just break it down. But even in, in the Bible, it says that you know, when you have a contrite heart, when your heart is broken, your bones are are dried up. Wow. You know, so it just means that when you have emotional issues and a lot of that is unforgiveness. unforgiveness. That's crazy. Dude. You know, because we deal with unforgiveness. I literally got goosebumps. Yeah. Like we deal with unforgiveness. So that, that's the reason why I'm like hardcore when it comes to forgiveness. I mean, I forgive anything. I forgive my pet dog. You know? like, yeah. Like she you, you want to get it off. I'm like, yeah, because this is not going to hold You know, me it's back. like that bad juju. You know, like <laughs> yeah. they say, oh, her jujus. I mean, I'm not... A, a Satanist or voodoo person. I'm just saying, like, you know, yeah, they say you, that bad vibe. You yeah, know, you gotta like, get okay, that we'll off as shake soon it off. as possible. So, um, but yeah, so there's a lot of people that I minister to that I just say, okay, you know what? There's unforgiveness in your life. We yeah. need to get, we need to deal with this in order for you to receive your healing. Because yeah. there's a lot of people that remain sick. And, and, and one of the reasons why is that unforgiveness. And the moment that you say that person's name, I forgive so-and-so. Like say wow. it out loud? Yeah. When you say that and you hear that, because sometimes people can't even say They can't that. say it. I remember when I was going through my journey with my father and unforgiveness, I, I was sexually abused as well as a young child. And just having to say that I was a victim of sexual abuse, I did not want to say that. Like to label it. To label it and say that I was a victim. This is because I never saw myself as a victim, even though I had unforgiveness. You're you like, know? oh, it happened. It happened. I dealt with it. I forgave him. But really, you but didn't. really, I didn't. And until I said it, I mean, I felt the pain. The knot in my throat was so strong when I was trying to get it out. But once I got it out, I, I received, you know, this forgiveness and this this freedom. And it makes it real. Like when you say it, it's like, it okay, this was real. not this was not <laughs> just a memory that happened years ago. Mm-hmm. This is a reality, right? This is a reality. So um, the forgiveness journey and just going on that, that journey of forgiveness and just um, coming to terms with all the people that have hurt you, um, it, it's healing, it's hurtful, and there's a job that needs to be done, but it's beneficial. It's like surgery. When you have to, to get surgery on something, you have to cut, right, right. Mm-hmm. through that skin. And it's like you have to There's no anesthesia. <laughs> yeah, like you have to create a wound. <laughs> Like create a wound right. to heal something deeper. Right. But That's what I what I feel like I'm hearing from you is is if you want to get out of something, mm-hmm. 
of dealing with unforgiveness, number one, decide to forgive. Right. It's not an emotion. You're never going to feel, oh, I really want to forgive. Yeah, really. It's like, it hurts. Yeah. That infection is deep. Mm-hmm. And then number two, we are at fault too. Right. You know, we, there's something that we did to somebody, some, you know, so it's kind of yeah. like understanding that. But we're also at fault when we continue to, um, have unforgiveness towards someone because we're hurting ourselves. And that's like, that's self abuse. You know, that's like, that's self neglect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not taking care of my emotions because I'm keeping supposedly this person in prison when we're the ones that are really in prison. Yeah. They're free. <laughs> and then we don't realize how stanky we are. <laughs> right. Like when somebody is, is drenched in unforgiveness like they smell bad like I don't know if you you know what I'm talking about uh-huh. like when you're around somebody and they're just like bitter resentful right. it's like everything that comes out of their mouth has a negative slant mm-hmm. you know like they're really skeptical or critical really critical yes girl those are like signs that somebody's got some right. major unforgiveness yeah you know what I'm some... saying and I remember when I um there's several times in my life where I had to, because I, I always make it a goal, even though it's hard, mm-hmm. I make it a goal to confront that person. Okay. Because it's bothering me so much mm-hmm. that, like, I, I know the things that happened to me. I mean, right. I, as a result of unforgiveness, I got addicted to porn. And I know that sounds crazy, um, but it's true. Like, right. I had so much hatred in my heart mm-hmm. for, for, for somebody that I worked for in the ministry setting. I hated him. Like, I wanted him dead. <laughs> Which is so... Like, He's not, still alive, by not, the way. <laughs> now, that I think, now that I think about it, I'm like, girl, like, really? Uh-huh. Like I, I opened a door to my daughter's health. You know, there was so many things that I did because as, as a spiritual being, we're all spiritual beings. We have so much power within us. Right. And that power can be used for good or for evil. And I remember one of the things that I did during that time was I did confess. I did call that person. We were in another state. And I did call that person. I was like, look, I, I need to just tell you this is on my heart. Right. You know, you, you might not even be thinking about what, what, right. what went down, but it's like, I made it a point to confess. And you know what else I would do is I would get a chair mm-hmm. and I would pretend like this person there. was in the chair yeah. and I would just talk to him. <laughs> and That's I know that that sounds crazy, mm-hmm. but, but it was like, it, my mom actually told me to do that yeah. because I would always vent to her and be like, Oh, uh, uh, you yeah. know, and it's like, just, like now looking back at it, this is like five, six years ago. Now looking back at it, I'm like, God, Veronica, why are you so dumb? <laughs> you know, it's like, it's not even that big of a deal. And at the time it, it was. was. Yeah. 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 you hurt, it's a big deal. Yeah. When you look back and you're like, oh my gosh. But yeah. And even was. now God is still <laughs> dealing with me on, you need to make sure you bless that person. Yeah. Like now I'm taking you to a place where you're not upset. You're not hateful because, you know, Galatians five, it says um, in Galatians 516 it gives a whole list of the works of the flesh right. and it says anyone that practices the works of the flesh is not going to inherit the kingdom mm-hmm. of god and one of those works of the flesh it says adultery fornication uncleanness lewdness idolatry sorcery and then ding 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 winner winner hatred mm-hmm. 
So hatred was that door that I opened. And because right. I'm a spiritual being, I have power. I opened up a legal point of access for the enemy to come in right. and rob my purity, rob my daughter's health, mm-hmm. rob, you know, my joy. I, I wouldn't even sing a lullaby. I'm a singer by trade. Like that's what I do. You know, it's my profession. It is a ministry, but it is how I get paid. Right. Okay. Um, I wouldn't even sing a lullaby to my daughter. I was so bitter. Mm. And so I would sit this person in a chair imaginary person <laughs> and I would talk to them and I would say, I hope you're doing well. I hope you you have good money. Your money's good. I hope your children are flourishing. And then I would pray for this person. Mm. Like you have to flesh it out. Like you were saying. Yeah. So how else do you think you could release somebody that's hurt you? And how do you help your patients in those cases? Um, well, like I said, you know, I just kind of explain, um, what forgiveness is and what are the benefits of forgiveness. And usually when we're able to see the benefits of forgiveness, we're more eager to forgive because we, we, we understand that yes, we're hurting. Yes. There's issues going on in our life. Yes. We're, you know, throwing up on other people because of the bitterness and the resentment in our hearts. And a lot of people want to get to that place of freedom. You know, yeah. a lot of people, everybody want to stay there. Right. Everybody wants to be happy. Yeah. They just don't know sometimes how to get out of that place. Um, but just, just helping them say, Oh, you know what? This is what forgiveness is like. And forgiveness is not so much for the other person, but forgiveness is for you as well. And, and sometimes I, I tell them, picture yourself next to this person and walk up to the cross the cross of forgiveness, which represents forgiveness and, and meet them at that place. Just understanding that you need forgiveness, understanding that this person is, needs forgiveness and walking and making peace with that person, you know, yeah. and saying, Hey, okay, I forgive you. Yeah. And that's what helped me is just picturing or, you know, putting in my imagination that I walked with my father to the cross and saying, Hey, you know what? I'm also a sinner. I also made mistakes. I've also hurt my children. I've also hurt my husband. I've also hurt people in ministry or my family just like you hurt me. So mm-hmm. I'm going to forgive you. Yeah. And, um, and forgiveness is powerful because it loosens the other person and it loosens you and you're able to move on. Yeah. Yeah. And you're able to let go of addictions. Cause I, you know, I was, I was a drinker. I used to use drugs and I was drinking and driving and there was a lot of things I was doing out of that resentment. You were self-medicating, I was self-medicating. And, um, and I came to the point where I was like, I can't do this anymore. Cause I'm going to hurt someone. I'm going to hurt myself. And, um, I you had to start talking about it or, well, I, the first person I confessed it to is just God, you know, Lord, I'm, I'm messed up. I don't know why I'm in this position or why I feel this way. And it, that's what kind of started my journey into forgiveness. Wow. You know, and it was, it, you know, it was through, it was through God that really helped me get through it. Um, didn't really have a mentor or a coach, but just understanding, you know, just having those alone times with God and just saying, God, why, why, why am I feeling this way? Did you ever get to a point where you had to talk to somebody about it? Or because um, I, no. I always encourage people to see a counselor or to see a right. therapist. Thank you. You know, and not, <laughs> but, but the thing is, is like, it is biblical people. Right, like right. I, I know we have, I have listeners <laughs> that are not Christian. I have listeners that are from other faiths. Mm-hmm. Um, but speaking yeah yeah oh confessing it yeah definitely getting it out venting it gives it an identity yeah an identity it's like okay this and it makes you accountable yeah and this is what is bothering me right this is what is hurting me this is what anytime i the memory comes up and pops up in my head i feel emotional pain yeah that means it's the infection's there yeah well i started out with a group called elijah house and it's a prayer how to pray and minister for others but what in reality 
was the Lord there's was a doing ministry. a ministry. There's a ministry yeah. called Elijah House. Yeah, okay. it's Elijah's House. And okay. um, it's just prayer ministry and it helps you kind of prepare yourself to pray for others. But I didn't know that it was going to lead me in a journey of healing. And that circle of people, everyone confessed, everyone brought it all to the table. That was where my healing was done. And I understood that it was necessary to confess. It was necessary to have a circle of friends who were going to be judgmental and that were going through similar things. But it was good to hold each other accountable. Yeah. And just speak on it and have people pray for you and have people hold you accountable. Um, so that was important. But like for little children, I have this one client and um, she's nine and her parents recently went through a divorce and I could kind of relate to her because my parents went through a divorce pretty much around the same age and her, she stopped talking. She really isolated herself. Wow. She walks with a hunchback. Her, her face is always down. She has no facial expressions. It's always flat. And she, when she talks to you, it's a very soft voice where you have to ask her to repeat herself. And her issue is her parents divorce. She's angry. She's upset. And her punishment is, I'm not going to speak to you until you get back together again. Wow. So I've been talking to her about unforgiveness, you mm. know, just trying to reach her at where she's at and talk to her and, um, you know, and, and teach her on it. And yesterday I had her in my, in, in, in my session and I said, Hey, you remember last week we talked about unforgiveness. I saw that you were kind of upset that I was talking to you about forgiving your parents. And I said, were you upset with me? And she's like, no, you know, she's like, you know, and moves her head and stuff. And oh. said, you know, you know, there's power in forgiveness. It's going to set you free. You know, your parents need um, to be forgiven just like you would like to be forgiven and, and not constantly remember and remind them of their mistakes, you know? Right. So, so we were, we, it's, it's, it's good to be able to teach kids about forgiveness at a young age so that they're able to use that as a tool or as and a to key. talk about it. Yeah. To talk about it. And, and, and I said, you know, you can confront your parents and say, Hey, you know what? This decision that you guys made really hurt me. Or if it's a dangerous situation or if it's a dangerous, you know, situation. that they can, they can talk to somebody about it. Right. And usually, you know, with sexual abuse, since we've, you know, both been victims to that, it's really hard. Yeah. I never talked with anyone until I was way up into Older. Adult, adulthood. Yeah. And, um, but it affected how I looked at relationships. Everybody, man. And everything. Yeah, it does. <laughs> and it alters um, your view on, on. And even how you raise your children. That over, yeah. well, for me, was like overprotective. You know, you're not sleeping over anybody's house. Yeah. And nobody's sleeping over this house. And no one's going to take care of you unless it's me or, you know, your grandma or whatever. And it's this. Fear. Yeah. It's this fear of that your children are going to go through something like that or um, just, you know, you don't trust anyone. And and so many children go through sexual abuse even till today because I, you know. Yeah, it's three, the statistic is three and four. I might be wrong. I'm not an expert, but it was three and four have a sexual, you know, abuse, molestation, fondling, whatever. Right. But um, I wanted to kind of transition this into another little brief okay. pop topic. Let's go. So... <laughs> Kanye West. Yes. <laughs> that. <laughs> um, I, I've always listened to, you know, his big songs, like um, the song with Estelle, um, Gold Digger, but I've never been like an avid follower right. of Kanye West. Um, and I'm always very, very interested in pop culture. Right. Like, you know, I'm a musician, you know, I do listen to secular music. That's not all I listen to, but... Um, you know, I do sacred and secular because I just love music. Um, but it's interesting to me. What are your thoughts on, you know, his recent, he's very vocal, obviously. I mean, he, he yeah. struggles, he 
he struggles with, I think his, his condition is bipolarism. Does he have, mm-hmm. is he bipolar? I'm not sure. I know that he has, he has some issues. Mental, mental illness. Mental, yeah, mental illness, um, which he got, you know, he got help for. So that was really good. Um, but I'll tell you, I was on Instagram and someone made a comment about it. And I put down a verse and the verse is from Philippians 115, where Paul is telling, um, the people, hey, you know what? It doesn't matter if people are preaching the gospel out of false motives or out of good motives. The point is that they're preaching the gospel and God is being glorified. Yeah. And he has a platform in which I will never have. Nobody. Yeah. You know, <laughs> very few it's people. Millions have. of people. Yeah. So he has a platform in a secular environment and he's talking about God and that is awesome and I think God is being glorified and in his Sunday services people are coming that are not necessarily Christian and that's what we want you know because when you go to church yeah. the majority of the people are Christian are Christian or when you do a conference who are they they're Christian so how, do, how is that sharing God's love it's um, not I mean if it's just Christian right you the know majority of Christian gatherings are Christian right and he's doing something different. He's doing a Sunday service, which is spontaneous. It's different. Um, he's reaching a different generation. Um, the younger generation, which is what we want, you know, is to reach them. And, and obviously a lot of the churches, what they're trying to do is reach the younger generations. Right. So he's actually doing yeah. it. And I think that's awesome. I think there's people that are going to criticize them as there's always going to be critics. Mm-hmm. And critics are sometimes good. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think based on what they show the media has shown and and his track record Mm -hmm. is that he is obviously unstable. Like he, you know, when he got up at the, was it the VMA, VMA, Taylor Swift, and you know, just like stole the show. And right. I mean, he's obviously unstable. I don't know about now because obviously I don't know him, but um, what's interesting to me from a Christian perspective, right. Is that um, it's not our job to defend the gospel. Right. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like the gospel is the gospel. Right. And I think we feel as Christians that if another person, a celebrity or somebody claims the gospel, mm-hmm. we feel the need to police them. Right. You know right, what I mean? Right. Like, are you really a Christian? Are you really saved? Right. Is this a publicity ploy? You know, um, there was a pastor because I was I was doing a little bit of research, not, not a lot, but I was researching just what different pastors are saying about mm-hmm. Kanye. And one of them broke down the lyrics of his song on God. Mm-hmm. And in that song, he talks about the money that he made in his tax return, the money he gave in tithe. Like he mentions the dollar amount mm-hmm. and it's a lot. I don't know the exact amount, but it's up there. And the pastor was like, what kind of man of God or a Christian is claiming to be a Christian? I'm sorry. I'm trying not to be mean, but <laughs> yeah. So he's like, what kind of man of God claims to be making all that money and saying he's the best rapper and da, 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 da. And my thing is like, you can never know if someone is really saved or not. I'm sorry. I've been around people that you would never think we're doing some stuff on the oh, flip, yeah, yeah, yeah. on the flippity flip. Right, right, right. And, you know, you're like, they're out there preaching. They're out there doing amazing things. Right. And they, so, you know what I'm saying? Like, you, you don't know a man's heart. Right. I don't know if Kanye is for real or not. But who cares? <laughs> I mean, God is being glorified. And, and I think it, it would make Christianity so much more appealing and attractive if we would stop policing yeah. the well, gospel. The, his critics are Christian. 
That, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, but but they're saying, yeah. you know, they're saying only time will tell, or he's so self-consumed, or he's just doing this because he wants, you know, attention. Good, he wants I good. Mean, he wants good CD sales, right? You but, know, drop a gospel album because he just dropped an album before that, mm-hmm. and the album before that, um, I don't know if he released it last year or not, but it it didn't do very well, mm-hmm. and it was drenched with profanity. You know, whatever. It clearly was not a gospel al- album, is what I'm trying to say. Right. So some people are saying he's just doing this to get his numbers up. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I don't know as a Christian. Okay. I've been a Christian for many years now. It's like, my job is not to x-ray and figure out if right, you're right, for right. real or not. Like that's between you and God right. and every single person. I don't care who you are. You are entitled to your opinion. Right. That's what God did in the garden. He said, do you want to eat the tree? You want to eat the fruit? It's mm-hmm. up to you. He didn't say no. He didn't force us to do anything. Right. And the thing is that you just said, like, he was unstable. You know, he did all these, like, weird things. But in reality, we're all unstable. Just, we're just, it's just not known (laughs) as well known as he was. But he states in his, you know, in his conversations that, you know, his first contact with pornography was five years old. You know, so he's had a, a... a messed up life, you know, it wasn't all, it wasn't all great. And so he's saying, Hey man, the way I live my life was because at childhood it was messed up. And, but you know, he said, you know, he just had a, an encounter with God and and we just believe that, you know, I mean, we just go, go for it as truth, you know, and pray for him. Yeah. I I pray, I pray for celebrities all the time. Mm -hmm. Like I love, there's some celebrities like Justin Bieber. I pray for him. You guys, when, when Houston died, I cry. I mean, I, I love them. Right, like, right. I, I don't know them, but just based on their art, you know, they they were created for an amazing purpose. Yeah. And the thing is, before we finish, is that, you know, these are prophetic times. And who are we to, you know, decide how God wants to bring revival or wants to bring a great awakening to this nation or to the world? And who says he's going to use a pastor in a pulpit or a well-known preacher or a whatever mega teacher church. or a mega church? Maybe it's the Kanye West people. Yeah. You know, maybe it's the Justin Bieber's, you know, it's, yeah. it's those people that have a platform, that have a following. And they're showing interest in God. Yeah, and they're the ones that God is going to use because he needs someone that's well known. Yeah. It's we, we don't, don't know. But that's just it. We don't. We, we're it. not God. I cannot x-ray your heart and figure out who right. who you truly are. I can't. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could play me a fool all day, right? You know. So, anyway, Angelie, thank you so much for being with us, guys. Stay tuned. Next week is going to be amazing and lit. <laughs> anyway, I'll see you guys. On the flippity flip. Bye. Bye.